0: Lent is a time for self-reflection and prayer. One way to do this is by exploring the life, actions, and teachings of Jesus. First Baptist Church of Athens, Georgia offers these devotions for your Lenten journey. Using the book, Seeing with Jesus, Developing a Worldview Shaped by the Gospels, written by Jack Glasgow, members from our church have prepared daily devotions offering insights, Discoveries, and yes, sometimes, questions. This week, our devotions correspond with chapter 1, Seeing from the Mountain. Today's devotion is from Daniel Halsey. Listen as the piano arrangement of Be Thou My Vision, played by Alan MacArthur, points you to look at the world through the eyes of Jesus.
1: Our passage for today is Matthew 7, 1-5. Do not judge, so that you may not be judged. For with the judgment you make, you will be judged, and the measure you give will be the measure you get. Why do you see the speck in your neighbor's eye, but do not notice the log in your own eye? Or how can you say to your neighbor, let me take the speck out of your eye, while the log is in your own eye? You hypocrite, first take the log out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your neighbor's eye. Seeing with Jesus. That's the title of the book we're studying for Lent. At first blush, the title seems innocuous, or even a little generic. But sit with it for a minute, and some questions might come up. Does seeing with Jesus mean that Jesus and his teachings form the central core and the operative principle for how we interpret and act in the world? Does it mean that Jesus is at the center of how we make sense of everything around us? Seeing with Jesus. We're talking about Jesus being at the center of our worldview. We probably don't spend enough time or effort to consciously considering our worldview or even developing a concrete idea of what we think a worldview even is. For me, a worldview is the framework through which we interpret what goes on in the world around us. That framework consists of beliefs, intuitions, experiences, education, philosophical inclinations, and a host of other factors that combine to give us a view of the world and what things mean. Now, this process is largely unconscious and behind the curtain. But if you mapped it out, it might look like one of those decision flow charts. And by the way, get ready for the metaphors, because they're going to come fast and from all angles during this podcast. So back to the example of the flow chart, I see something in the grass. Is it an insect? Yes. Is it green? Yes. Does it jump? Yes. Does it look like the grasshoppers I've seen both personally and in pictures? Yes. Then it's a grasshopper. The process combines sense perception along with previous education and experience to arrive at a conclusion. We often aren't conscious of the process, but we put most of what we encounter through a process something like that example. Identifying a grasshopper is pretty straightforward. But what happens when we are faced with moral quandaries or other people? People that might not look or think like us. So a worldview is formed by nature and nurture, education and experience. And thus worldviews can be very personal. Two people can see the exact same thing and arrive at different conclusions because of different worldviews. The same coffee can taste slightly different depending on how it's made. Did you use a commonplace drip coffee maker, a French press? Did a barista with a handlebar mustache make it for you using a pour-over method at all the correct temperatures? Like coffee, the meaning of what we experience can be different depending on how we filter it. And everyone's filter is a little different. But one thing that binds Christians together is that Jesus should be the central defining aspect of our worldview. We need Jesus to be our filter. It seems obvious to say that Christians should develop a worldview that has Jesus and his teachings at its center. But the obvious nature of that statement risks underselling just how difficult it can be to arrive at and execute such a Jesus-centered worldview. First, we have to marry the 1st century context of Jesus' original teachings to our own 21st century context. We don't need a history degree to get the primary points of Jesus' teachings, but you do risk missing some of the nuance if you ignore the historical context. Once we get over that hurdle... We actually have to live out our Jesus-centered worldview. Jesus admits that this will be hard. He never promises that the Christian life will be easy. Get ready for the metaphors again. Jesus teaches that there are two gates we can walk through. There's the easy wide gate and the difficult narrow gate. We talked about this in our discussion group for these podcasts. It seems even worse than simply walking through a narrow gate. It's more like walking through a narrow gate on a tightrope. Someone finished the flurry metaphors by quipping, in a windstorm, it's not easy. Let me repeat that. It's not easy. But at least in the passage we have today, Jesus is not cryptic in his teaching. We don't even have to do any heavy lifting to make sense of it in our modern context. He's pretty clear. Do not judge. That's in all caps here on my paper for those of you listening at home. Judgment has a number of problems. To me, the most important problem is that we are not the final judge. If we're not careful, we will try to occupy a place that rightfully belongs to God. Jesus makes it clear in a number of passages that God is the final judge of all things. Jesus also gives us practical reasons not to judge. Here in Matthew 7, he teaches that we risk missing or ignoring our own problems when we're too concerned with other people's foibles. In fact, too often, people pronounce judgment on someone as a way of deflecting attention away from their own problems. Worry about the log in your own eye. Maybe we flip the coin and investigate this from another angle. If we judge truly we will find that we are all sinners. We have all fallen short in one way or another. We are all in need of God's grace. Rather than condemning one another, let's embrace one another and our common need for grace of the one who is the true judge. Now this leads us into a passage from Jack Glasgow in Seeing with Jesus. He recounts talking to a small group study about this passage, and he writes, I recently commented to a small group that I felt Jesus was clear about refraining from rendering moral judgments of others. I went on to say that I do not believe the world needs the moral pronouncements of Christians. Instead, the world needs our proclamation of God's love in Christ and the incarnation of that love demonstrated by good works we do in the name of Jesus. Now, Glasgow goes on to say, the statement didn't immediately go over well with the group. And I should say here that I do think that occasionally, a Christian will have to say that they cannot support, condone, or engage in some activities. We can still talk and preach about sin. Jesus did not say, do not judge, so that we could then say, everything's fine, do whatever you want. But I do want to echo Glasgow and say that we should always lead with love rather than judgment. Let's continue mixing the metaphors and say that on our hard journey through the narrow gate on a tightrope in a windstorm, we would probably rather see open doors in front of us rather than closed doors. And judgment almost always closes the door. That judgment may sometimes be easier than love, but love tends to open doors and new ways forward. So when we encounter someone and start to filter through our worldview how we should respond to them. Hopefully, Jesus' words are ringing in our ears. I pray we arrive at the end of that process and say, this person doesn't need me to be their judge. This person needs my love. Love isn't always easy. In fact, it is often very hard. But I'm convinced leading with love rather than judgment is the central component of a worldview transformed by the person, teaching, and love of God in Jesus Christ. So let us pray. Lord God, please give us the strength, an inclination to love rather than judge. Help us to see the world like you do, this world that you so love that you sent your son Jesus. Thank you. It is in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.